Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you Last time that we had this conversation, I decided we can't be friends. Mm, because, babe. You never season your food and this ain't how I want my life to end. There is no need to say it's lovely because your food greatly offends. And I'm giving you seasoning for your sauce, baby. This I swear, I to swallow my saliva. Yes, I swear, and and all that you'll promise me is those herbs will always be there. Say they will be there, yeah. Ow. Say they will be there. Yes, yes. Just use a seasoning, baby. Ow. <laughs> Wow, bare saliva, bare lisping. Why? Why, people, why? Because I put those rascal braces back in, um, my Invisaligns, for those who are wondering. But um, in case you're not wondering that and you're like, who's speaking? Well, it is me, Kalechi, in a blood clot place to be. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mum now let me tell you about these invisalines yeah so i finished my course mine was like um a 12 week course but i had my braces in for like 13 so you have like different trays for every week um so i had that and i finished my course but i had filming to do because i was filming more time with kevin morosky um, that's not out yet, but it'll be out soon. So, because we were filming that, um, I was just like, look, I can't wait any longer. I'm not totally, totally pleased with how it's all looking, like, but it looks great overall, but I, I just wanted it to look a bit different. My teeth, that is. So, um, so I was just like, yeah, 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 let's leave it. And actually, the more that I thought about it, I was like, no, 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 I gave these people big, big money, you know, big, big money, big, big notes of Lizzie's face. I deserve to have what I want to have. And um, so I went back to the dentist and she was just like, yeah, your particular treatment doesn't run out until uh, January. So we can get some extra trays made. So I'm thinking, you know, this closes your gaps in your teeth by like, what is it? Like a half a whatever millimeter or whatever, however they phrase it. Right. So I'm just like, yeah, I should be done and done in another two weeks trust and believe they did me another eight week course so I've got the um these braces in for another eight weeks and I've still got filming to do around that but 
I try to use my time carefully because basically for the Invisaligns to work, you have to wear them for a minimum 22 hours a day. Um, look at me, like it just makes my mouth feel so heavy. Like you get used to it after a few days. But um, yeah, it just makes my mouth feel so heavy and like cluttered. Wait, let me see. If I take out the bottom, oh, that's better. If I take out the bottom ones, it doesn't sound as bad. So basically I don't need to have the bottom ones in because the bottom ones aren't moving. Um, like they're already done, but they did give me retainers to wear on the bus, uh, bottom. But I imagine that's because they don't want me to keep like biting on the tray above. So most times I wear the, um, I will wear the bottom ones in as well, um, to protect the top, uh, tray. But actually for the sake of this, I'm just going to take it out because it's even like hard for me to listen to. Um, but yeah, that sounds instantly better. Still lisp, like lispy, but not as, not as much as it was before. It was like I was trying to talk through a horse's asshole. <laughs> nah, mate. So yeah, I'm glad that's out. But yeah, you have to wear the braces for a minimum of 22 hours a day. So um, I'm not trying to sacrifice the time that I would be using to, you know, eat and enjoy and relax to now... You know, I'm not trying to sacrifice that time to then record the podcast. Do you get what I mean? Because I would have to have it out for like over an hour to record the podcast, which would then leave me, what, under an hour to eat all the food that I want to eat in a day. <laughs> never, never. Um, so, yeah, so we're just kind of working with it. But, yeah, by the time this uh, part of it's done, I should be all done Um but yeah, it was me that was just like, no, no, I want to go back because I want my money's worth. I feel like if you go from not having money to just having some money that you can do the, some things that you want to do, you're like, no, it must be done to the best of your ability because, boy, I have suffered. And all my life I had to fight. So, yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, um, we'll launch into the things. Um, it's been a very, very busy... It's been a very busy time, but obviously you're also talking to... The NBCC's um, Social Activist of the Year 2021 won that award. Ow! Was in the category with um, some absolutely amazing, amazing people. So it's an honour to have won. Went to Birmingham for the ceremony. It was cute. Very, very cute. Um, but obviously, it was cute. But in true me fashion, in true, you know, Saturn and this one opposing Uranus and this one doing Higgy and this one doing Hagar... It was chaotic in terms of my acceptance speech, but um, overall, it was it was really really it was a really good event. It was so so good. I'm really honoured to have won, and that's enough a trophy for my trophy cabinet. Even you know for the awards cabinet. Even though when I was going to get the cabinet, somebody was like, "Oh, but why are you getting one when you've got one award? Look how many awards I've got now, you pomplex! Look how many awards I've got now!" And even that useless snotty nosed wayward bitch. That said, oh, it's not like you're a household name. What now, homie? Did you see the Netflix ads? What now, complex? All the complexes, all the complexes are shaking. They are quivering. Because when I tell you that my God will make a liar out of all of you, man, I mean it. I mean it and I meant it and I meant it. Do you get me? Like, I, I mean it with all of my heart. Like, you will be ridiculed you will be ridiculed. It says it in Psalm 35, Psalm 91, all of them things. Keep saying that, look, make a mockery of all of them who seek to hurt me. 
who seek to make a fool out of me, make a fool out of them. So the other week it was like, you're not likable, you're bad vibes. Then within a month, look, I got the Random Acts Channel 14. You saw me on Peckham's Finest. You saw me with my little Netflix ad. Um, and then I win Social Activist of the Year. And more time, you know, like I stay away from the activist label, the influencer label, all of these things. But the Social Activist one, I thought, nah, because I really am out here on the podcast, on my socials, like always talking up the things. I'm not going to try to pretend like I don't see the work that I do because some people would want it done in a different way or it intimidates them. And also you notice how people are quiet. People are awfully quiet when the narrative that they were running with just isn't banging anymore because the convenient one that the convenient narrative before was like oh you're not getting things because you're this and that because you're this and that me I kept quiet because I knew what was in the pipeline and then now all of these things are coming out and there's bare silence bare silence because your narrative doesn't bang anymore does it because you're a fool because all of you are cunts that's why now look doing the things doing the things and living my best life. I keep forgetting that parents listen to this podcast with their children. I need to find a way of doing bleep, bleep, blah, blah, to cut out all of the other things that I'm saying. But honestly, I keep smacking my fists together because I'm just in that, I'm in a big mood. Hey, hey, God, I didn't feel you. Woo, God, won't God do it? Mm? Amen, amen, child, amen. Um, But honestly, um. It's, it's an actual madness to see that, um, the awkwardness when certain things like this happen. Obviously, the algorithm fucks with me as well on Instagram, not wanting me to be great. But, um, just generally, like, the love is great. The love is great. But I also see, like, the same ones that are harping on wanting to write threads. You haven't got shit to write now. And that social activist one, I was just like, yeah, people are going to come like, but you get paid to do this and you get, I will continue to get paid on more. I'll continue to get paid for doing the work that I do because even the payment I'm getting doesn't match up to the amount of work that I do. I haven't come to this life to suffer for you, you straggly bitch. Anyway, going back to my speech, um, when I tell you, let me start from the beginning because sometimes people feel like, oh, Kelechi, you've got it all together. No, I'm actually, a, on an average day, like, I try to limit the chaos that I'm able to cause for myself and other people, but generally, I do have rather chaotic energy sometimes, um, if you haven't seen that to be true, it's probably because I just don't talk when you're around, or I just, like, don't say much, um, so, the new moon happened the other day, I've also got this, um, period app on my phone that's just like, oh, your period's due in rare, rare, rare days, and I've been using it for about six years now, or whatever, so, pretty good, um, but also, I noticed that, like, I'm still finding my groove after pregnancy and childbirth and that. I'm still finding my groove in terms of, like, a nice rhythm and flow for my flow. Do you get me? Anyway, um, so I remember about to set off to Birmingham and it says, oh, your your period is due in three days. I was just like, that's not right because the new moon, it just happened. So I think it's closer than that. But did I take my moon cup? No, no, I thought I was big and bad. I was just like, yeah, well, it, you know, I, th I feel like the app is wrong. But, you know, let me trust technology this time, right? Maybe this time I'll be lucky. Maybe this time my uterus will wait. Maybe this time for the first time my cervix won't give way. It's gonna happen. 
sometime. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You know what I'm like when it comes to musical theatre. Yeah. Anyway, talking of... No, let me finish my first story first before I talk about the morning show on Apple TV. Anyways, anyways. Obviously, this podcast is also coming out late because I had to watch the um, Mexican Grand Prix. Um, So you'll be listening to this probably on a Tuesday or late Monday night. But you know where it is. You know what it is. Um, Actually, the moment we get to like Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and, was it Qatar? Sorry, Qatar. And then, um, and then we get to Abu Dhabi. The podcast should still be out on time. Um, So it should be, yeah, it should be fine. Anyway, but Brazil, I think will also be a late one next week as well. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to start your motors. So anyway, my app was like, your period's due in three days. I'm like, you're not correct because the new moon just happened. So it's going to be any day now. But I didn't trust myself. I decided to listen to the app. Anyway, get to Birmingham now in my cute dress, in my little tiara headband ting. Um, go downstairs for the event. Um, and I'm feeling a bit nervous. You know, I've come all the way from London for the award ceremony. You'd like to win. Like, I'd like to win. But at the same time, I know that I'm in a category with some heavy hitters. So, you know, it is what it is. But I'm still, you know, glad to be there sort of thing. Um, So they're doing all of the... Uh, they ha- We have a dinner first. And the dinner was interesting. Yeah, the dinner was interesting because only chicken was really available. And I've given up eating chicken. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the pod- uh, podcast. My thinking is, right... Chicken is like my favourite protein, my absolute favourite. I love a wing. Oh, I love a wing. I love a drumstick. Oh, I miss you, baby. I miss you, baby. Um, So I haven't actually had chicken for about a month now at all. Um, Yeah, and that's rather, that's rather difficult. But I felt like if I can give up chicken, then all the other meats will be so easy for me to do. So I'm kind of working in a very idiosyncratic way. So chicken was the only thing that I could have as a protein there. But then the vegan option actually was all right. Had um, like this Savoy cabbage, um, tartine or tartine, whatever they called it. It was, it was nice anyway. It was all right. Um, so we had the dinner, uh, we had the free course meal and I was sat at a table with the black nursery manager, AKA Liz Pemberton. She also won her category, baby girl. Um, so it was, yeah, it was all very, very cute. I go to the loo now before they start the award um, announcement and I'm like, whoop, perfect. Just in time. I literally got to the toilet just in time as my period started. So now like a fool that didn't pay attention to herself, I didn't listen to myself, my own intuition about how my body works and how it works in the cycle of the, you know, with the moon. I knew I didn't listen, but God let me have this one just in time I got to the loo. So I had to like now come and like TMI, start not folding up tissues without making it bulky in my dress just to get myself through before I could go upstairs and get my bits and stuff because for some reason in this place they didn't have anything, right? Um, So yeah, do all of that. That's all good. That's all fine. And um, I'm sitting down um, at the table and um, I took my, the like the straps of my shoes off because the, sh- the straps feel very tight. You know, them barely their heels sometimes can feel really oppressive on your big toe. So I loosened the straps. I had my straps undone under the table because my category wasn't for a while. Um, and for some reason, I did up one strap 
and then I didn't do up the other one. So then by the time it came to my category now, and before they announce the winner, they tell you about the person. So from the moment I heard this person is an award winning, I said, yo, that's me, that's me, that's me. I mean that, I mean that. Still didn't clock that I hadn't done up my shoes. So now when they announce my name, I'm getting up from the table to go to go and collect my award. And I noticed that the strap of my shoe is undone. And for that moment, I suddenly started thinking, rah, what if this is just a major fuckery from here on? The tissue drops out of my knickers. My strap is undone on my shoes. Whatever, but it didn't. It didn't. The, the, t- the tissue was fine. That was fine. Um, but the strap was undone. And I just thought like a real G, I had to firm it. I had to firm it and waddle onto that stage with my strap undone and my heels. And they're taking these full length photos at the, by the stage. And I'm trying to use my, my one foot to cover or my one leg to cover my other leg. So you can't see the strap, but I'm sure you can see the strap. It was just, it was a madness. And I, you know, because of COVID, the woman was handing me the award. I didn't know if I was meant to kiss her cheek and say, thank you. I was just, it was, ah! cringe it was just oh it was a mess um but Alex Beres- and Beresford and Leah Charles King they were prov- it's all the other way around they were the prov- um they were the hosts of the um of the ceremony and Alex Beres- Beresford if you don't remember him he's that guy that was talking bad to Piers Morgan when Piers Morgan finally stormed off the show and left um uh, good morning Britain so he was uh, one of the hosts. Um, but yeah, so I'm just there hugging the whole team as we take these pictures with my straps and my, the strap of one of my shoes flailing. Um, and I'm accepting things. I'm so nervous. I don't know. I was just, it was just, everything just felt a lot. And then one, um, and I'm about to give my acceptance speech. And then the uh, Miss Great Britain, you, I don't know, Miss Great Britain, Birmingham, I don't know what her title was. She was just like, oh, before you start, you're stepping on my dress my foot my heel was fully on her dress so she couldn't actually go anywhere so I had to lift my heel of my unstrapped shoe off her dress and again I was just like own it collect you just own it because your body's on fire show me how you control it yeah anyway so I was just like okay fine so I just started my speech with, look, this has been a comedy of errors. My strap's undone because I was chilling. But I think that, you know what? All of this speaks to just how I show up on social media and how I've been able to do what I do. I just show up as me. Like, no frills, no fancy things, no no pomp and regalia. It's just what you get is what you get. You know, what you get is what you get. It is what it is, you know? But then after that was out of the way, I actually was able to say what I wanted to say, which is that wokeness, woke is not a pejorative term. The reason I said that is because the CEO of Birmingham Council, I think her name was Deborah something, she got on stage, mixed race woman, she was talking all of these things, and for a while she was talking, and I was just like, yeah, cool, 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 about what she wants to do, about the change that needs to be made in Birmingham, rah, 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 tear, tear. I was just like, all right, cool. Then she goes, Oh, and um, um, this isn't a woke thing. I just wanted to say X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, why would you say this isn't a woke thing? If we're talking about social injustice, then it definitely is a woke thing. And why have you not let um, like white supremacists co-opt this narrative? So when I got on stage, I was just like, no, before I even got on stage, I was like, please, God, let me win this award because I'm going to bad up this woman. And I'm not going to call her out, obviously, by name, but I'm going to address that term because it's pissing me off. And as you would have it, God was like, have your things, baby girl. 
So I got in there and I was like, woke is not a pejorative term and white supremacist leaning people are co-opting this narrative that was coined by marginalized communities to address the injustices that we face and the fact that people are unconscious to it and that we all need to be aware of it. Like, don't be afraid to be awake. And at the end of the day, bun all of them. And everyone clapped and it was beautiful. And I thought, you know what? Thank you, God, for just letting me just do my things in the most chaotic way possible. But, um, you know, allowing me to be celebrated in that sense also. So I just wanted to say, you know, a thank you to all of you that ride with me and this um, at times chaotic podcast, because I just be dragging people and cussing people out. And at the same time, you know, delivering the news, delivering the things that catches my eye, whether it's like current affairs, pop culture, tarot, whatever, you know, you just you just ride with me and you just rock with me. And I really, really appreciate you. And I'm so, so glad that I won that award. And that's now going in my awards cabinet. Um, Very, very happy, very proud of that. But I just thought I'd share that story with you about how I didn't listen to my intuition, but God still saved me anyway. And um, my shoe strap was undone. And like, nothing's perfect out here. I just move through the world as I am. And I just try to have the best time possible. It's the only thing that one can do, you know? It's, it's all we have. Um, But... All of that being said, oh no, let me quickly talk about the morning show. So I'm um, what is it? Yeah, the morning show. I'm watching that now on Apple TV, starring Jennifer Aniston, um, Steve Carell, and Reese Witherspoon, and some other. I think Gugu and Bathoraw, she's in that as well. Um, she's got a great American accent, I'd say. Um, yeah, and then that other girl, some British girl, white girl, she looks like she used to be in EastEnders, or is it? But I don't know. I could be wrong. But I've seen her before. Um. It's a great show, but I wasn't really on watching it until... I was watching it, but I wasn't invested in it until they did that song, that musical theatre song from Sweeney Todd by Stephen Sondheim. Yo, that was me. I was like, yes, all right, sign me up. Episodes in, now Now I'm interested. Now I want to see where we're going from here because it pretty much just starts off like we're kind of thrown into the hellscape of one of the lead anchors being accused of, uh, you know sexual um kind of like impropriety or whatever um you know as part of the me too movement and we kind of see where everybody kind of falls in this and it's like the whole dynamics the whole politics of working at a tv network and having this morning show that Corey guy I didn't like him at first I'm not sure if I do like him but obviously if he's gonna sing a Stephen Sondheim song I'm, I'm gonna and I think it's interesting the part he chose to sing as well and this like the sinister nature of that but anyway, I say all of that to say that I'm on episode, well, I think six now of The Morning Show and I'm greatly enjoying it. So that's why I'll be watching for a while. Um, but yeah, it's great stuff. I haven't finished watching This Is Us because I can't come and cry every episode. At one point, I just, after we went to, is it, um, where did we go? Somewhere, where the water scene happened with, um, what is his name now? It's even gone out of my head. Um... But when the water scene happened with the black guy, I don't know why I've forgotten his name. Um, He's one of the lead characters. But when that happened, I was just like, okay, cool. I need a break. When we ha had the water scene with his mother and whatever else, I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Um, But I'll go back and finish watching This Is Us. But I just find it so draining. I can't take shows that drain me all of the time. I love watching the show. I think it's amazing writing. But I also feel like I need a break sometimes. Um, So yeah, that's that. Anyway, let's get into the tarot. Big up the show sponsors for this week who are Ana Luisa as well as Express VPN. I'll be talking about them shortly. So the tarot for this week, I was like, Spirit, what do you want the people them to know? Spirit was like, first and foremost, baby girl, you need to rest. Let's start there, babes. 
you rest. But the message that came out first and foremost is the Queen of Swords again signifying me wanting to drag me along with everybody else um we see the uh, queen of swords here looking directly at everything else that's happening um in the card spread and the queen of swords is looking at everything because she's clear-headed and it's like spirit saying for you to be clear-headed and for you to make the decisions that you now need to make as you're moving into different stages of your life a new fresh stage of your life you cannot afford to be constantly depleted you cannot afford to be constantly tired like fam you need to ask yourself drag me lord you need to ask yourself if every time people go how are you you're like oh i'm okay a bit tired but i'm okay every fucking time somebody asks you you're like i'm tired but i'm okay and you're not okay you're not okay, baby. You're not okay. It's not okay to be tired all of the time. There's something about the environment. There's something about the community, the societies that we exist within that means that we're just casually throwing it in, that we're fucking exhausted all of the time, but we're going. And it's not a badge of honor to keep going and going when your body's like, I want to get the fuck off this ride. Let me let you know that from now. And sometimes it's not even your body. It's more so your emotional state, your mental state. You're just tired. Um, and then, so we've got the six, we've got the 10 of swords in reverse and we've got the six of pentacles in reverse as well. And then we've got the tower card, which is the major arcana. Um, and it's saying that, yeah, you can't just normalize being this exhausted. You can't normalize just being this tired. And yes, you might feel like, oh, I don't know what needs to go in order for me to not feel this way because I'm just, you know, grinding and I'll rest when I get to that, that point where I feel like, you know, now I can take the my foot off the, you know, off the accelerator and, and you know, my foot off the gas and catch my breath. But you've got to catch your breath along the way. You can't just wait till you get to that point because what is that point even? That point is elusive. It's always moving. So you're going to have to catch your breath now. You're going to have to rest now. Meanwhile, it's all 2 a.m. In the, in the morning. It's 12 o'clock in the morning. Or is it 4 a.m.? I don't know. That song by Lily Allen and T-Pain. That was a banger though. Anyway, it can't be all this... Um, ungodly time of the morning and then you're still on your phone trying to do work or you know you're like oh, I'm gonna rest today but no you're still on your phone scrolling through and also trying to mind other people's business for them leave people alone if they want to do fuckery on their socials let them do fuckery and you just focus on what you're doing you can't control everybody you can't change anybody leave people alone focus on your own growth um because the six of pentacles is there because your energy, your resources, your gifts are not being used in a way that's conducive to your health. Like giving so much to everybody else saying, oh, it's fine, I'll handle it. It's fine, I'll handle it. And also if you're working in a group of people, if it's a team project, don't try and do the work for everybody. Let everybody do what they're meant to be doing. If it's a family dynamic, give people's load back to them and let them handle their load. You can't handle it for them. You know, if it's um some of us are like business owners and things like that, Again, if once you delegate, let the people get on with it. And if they're not able to do the things that you've delegated time and time again, maybe it's time that you change up the team. But people need to, you need to let people know what they need to do because you can't delegate things to people and then be like, oh, I'm going to do it instead because they haven't done it. It's either you let them do it or you get them the fuck out because they're not able to do it. You've got to figure out what it is. And the tower card is here because it's kind of saying that if you don't address these things, it's one going to highly impact your health by trying to carry so much and yet refueling so little. If you were to do that to a car, trying to drive it for miles and miles and miles, but you refuse to service it, you refuse to refuel it, you just refuse to do what you need to do to keep the car going, then of course the car is going to break down. And then you're going to be like, oh no, oh no, I need to call the breakdown cover, but they can't come to where you are because you're in one kind of remote place. 
and this is it's important to remember that you're in that remote place because very few people are able to speak to your experience they can't come and meet you where you're at to come and get you away from there if you break down there so you've got to make sure that you're looking after yourself yeah though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me that is remembering that like you're going to walk through through some very shadowy valleys that's that that you that is just part of this journey that you're on you know you're not going to be able to avoid them it's part of life however the way that you're going to be able to make it through with spirit and your spirit guides and your ancestors by your side is for you to make sure that you are prioritizing the rest that you need that you are prioritizing yourself because very few people will be able to give to you what you can give to yourself um so you have to make sure because what you don't want to do is break down in that valley you do not want to break down in the valley of shadows because remember at the end of the day they are shadows then man can't touch you but it's going to be a very lonely very fucking dis like despicable depressing place to be in if you do not refuel so you can make it through that fucker and um, that fucker as quickly and as swiftly and as smoothly as possible you know and also for some people it's understanding that you're exhausting yourself trying to give to systems that are crumbling like you want to do baby girl baby boy baby non-binary you want to do it in a, in a in a structure that's crumbling regardless you're trying to hold on to flotsam of of this kind of like wave of of fuckery like there's there's nothing for you to grasp here baby there's nothing for you the the the, the structures are crumbling whether you want to accept it or not and so if your validation comes from this what this structure used to be your cbe your mbe your obe whatever the fuck it might be it can be anything not just them man i'm not dragging just you lot um whatever it is that you've committed yourself to that's that makes you feel like you've really really done something in this life and that's what you're breaking your back for i'm not even going to sing the vibes cartel but if that's what you're um committing yourself to you need to understand that it's 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 a waste of time it's going whether you like it or not this crumbling with or without you yeah and so you need to find other ways of where you're expending your resources and your and your energy you've got to look at other avenues because this one won't be around for much longer and by much longer i'm not talking about it's gone in the next five minutes or it's gone in the next five years but the thing is if you're investing the best parts of you the best parts of your divinity in this thing that's not probably going to be here in the way that you know it in the next 12 years you'll be pissed off when those 12 years come around and you've got fuck all to show for it so you better start looking at those things now and for some of you it's a relationship thing as well like you're gonna have to make decisions or you have made decisions because the relationship was depleting you and you weren't giving but you weren't getting back as much as you were giving and yes it might feel now like oh everything's crumbling around me but it's doing so so you have a fresh foundation to build a life that you can actually be proud of so also bear that in mind but anyway that is the tarot for this week let me pick up this week's show sponsor one of this week's show sponsors who are express vpn and then we'll jump to share your magnificence be right back this podcast is sponsored by express vpn using the internet without express vpn is like leaving your laptop exposed at the coffee shop table while you run to the bathroom <laughs> whoever does this must not live in london boy most of the time you're probably fine but what if one day you come out of the bathroom and your laptop is gone that's going to be most days if you live in london that i could tell you that for for nothing 
Every time you connect an unencrypted connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, your passwords, financial details, etc. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone, just some cheap hardware is needed and a smart 12-year-old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal info on the dark web. Create um, a secure and encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet that hackers can't steal your sensitive data by using ExpressVPN. That's why you're being told. That's why the people them are being told to use the thing. Um, it's super secure. It will take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use, so you can fire up the app and click one button to get protected. And it works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more, so you can stay secure on the go. I like ExpressVPN, you know, I'm able to watch Insecure, do all of my things, mind my business, and especially sometimes when I need to use Wi-Fi, in certain places, I just turn on ExpressVPN so the pussy clerk them can't be helping themselves to my details. Um, so yeah, secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash straws. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com forward slash straws go and do what you need to do and go and start living your best life anyway let's get on to share your magnificence so this uh this week the share your magnificence goes out to afrocentrics i've mentioned them before and why because they are going to have the first ever black hair Christmas advert that airs on British TV. For those of you who do not live in Britain, it might blow your mind that we've never had a black hair commercial on TV. We've had black people be in hair commercials. L'Oreal, cause you're welfare. <laughs> swing the weave, swing the weave. Yes. Um, but yeah, we've never had a black hair commercial and for the first time ever we're going to have one on um on tv on british tv and um that's courtesy of afrocentrics um the premise of the advert is that a, um, a black woman um doesn't usually have things given to her like um in terms of presents that bang and then she gets an afrocentrics pack for her natural hair and she's elated um it says here um it will start showing on channel four from um the month of november so it starts showing from this month and um, the ad tells the story of a young black woman feeling unhappy with her hair until she receives a gift of hair products designed especially for her by the end she can look and feel her best for her christmas party feeling insecure before a big event feels awful and we've all been there this time the solution comes from a brand that understands the unique needs of people with afro and curly hair so big up jocelyn and rachel who um, met up at university and created Afrocentrics and now are doing, not just creating such an amazing brand, because I use that on mine and, and Lev's hair, but also creating, doing something monumental, like giving us the first fucking, you know, black hair commercial on British TV. Um, a Christmas advert that centres a black woman in this way shouldn't be a big thing, but it's a sad reality that festive adverts have become contentious for some people in the UK. I know that some people are crying over the John Lewis advert, um, the Audi. Whenever they see black people, it's just like, oh my God, what is this? This is woke people on TV. And it gets me because they've started using woke literally to just mean black. Like that's that's what their term is now. When they're saying 
when they don't want to say black, they'll say woke, because what do you mean woke, you're just seeing black people having, like, you're upset about them being on TV, um, for this Christmas advert, I'm upset that some of these men aren't seasoning their turkey, they're placing that shit on the table, and they're skinning tea, like, I don't know that something's wrong, this feels like get out, it feels like get out, like, someone's stirring a teacup, I don't like it, I don't like it, but no, honestly, um, yeah, like, you're worried about the wrong thing, you fucking racist shithead, like, fuck off, but yeah, I'm just glad that we're seeing more black people in Christmas commercials, that we are seeing an um, advert that is, like, focused on blackness and black women's um, hair, um, I just think it's beautiful, um, so two slaps on the chest of, um, Jocelyn and Rachel for creating um, Afrocentrics and for getting this advert on air and Channel 4 being the ones to air it, all sounds wonderful and beautiful and we fucking love to see it, I hope it makes a change that we're, so we can see more black hair commercials on TV and not just, um, um, adverts telling you to buy life insurance and funeral things and, and, um, and bet, like, gamble all your money away, like, let's see some different things, please, um, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful, um, it's absolutely amazing, even the fact that they raised in July 2021, they mentioned that they'd raised 1.2 million dollars in investment to grow the business and take a buy out of the 42 billion Afro- um, hair care market and 42 billion dollars um afro hair care market and imagine that those 42 billion dollars only aren't even going to black people you know and the majority of the money isn't being made by black people so it's great to see a change it's great to see something happening so yeah big up yourselves two slaps i love to see it anyway that was beautiful let's move to so you mad so first up um first up actually let's take a moment because my accent's bang you know my accent's bang if you've watched the netflix um video um aka the b team that i did in promotion of the harder they fall um the new western um by james samuels and jay-z and all of them man starring regina king and jonathan majors um pock brought me on uh, brought me on um alongside to collaborate with netflix to to make that video or to make that video and then there's the other one that I made with Fat Simbo and he, um, Hema um yeah so but my one the B team I just absolutely love that experience big up Kevin Morosky big up Tom big up the whole crew that helped to make that possible the hair make um the hair and makeup team it was just absolutely brilliant the um cinematography big up yourself Louis like it was just amazing um Marty I think did the coloring as well the color grading if I'm not mistaken it was just incredible experience but it was great to play four different characters and for everything to absolutely bang and for the script to, bla um, to bang and everything else, so I just thought I'd say that, in case you haven't gone on my page to watch that, definitely do, it's on Twitter, and it's on Instagram as well, I'm very, very proud of that, and it just goes to show the range, the talent, get with it, get into it immediately, um, so the first thing up on So You Mad, um, which is just all the general fuckery that I don't want to put in straw of the week, so pop culture, current affairs, all the higgy, all the haggar, um, Anna Faris, her name was trending on Twitter, if you remember Anna Faris, she's been in like lots and lots of comedies and stuff, but um, her name was trending on Twitter as people were showing her love after her ex-husband Chris Pratt, who is a Pratt, um, praised his new wife in an Instagram post saying she's given me an amazing life and a gorgeous healthy daughter, Anna Faris has been open about her son Jack's health issues, 
Um, in this Instagram post, Pratt, 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 as he calls himself on Instagram, wrote, guys, for real, um, this is under the picture of him and his new boo. He wrote, guys, for real, look at how she's looking at me. I mean, find you somebody that looks at you like that. You know, we met in church. She's given me an amazing life, a gorgeous, healthy daughter. She chews so loudly that sometimes I put in my earbuds to drown it out. <laughs> that marriage isn't going to last long. But that's love. She helps me with everything. In return, periodically, I open a jar of pickles. Again, that relationship is not going to last. That's the trade. Her heart is pure and it belongs to me. My greatest treasure right next to my Ken Griffey and um, Ken Griffey Jr. Upper Deck Rookie card, which if you know, you know is saying a lot. It's her birthday in about six weeks. So if I don't get her anything, I'll look, I'll tell her to look back on this post. Love you, honey. Now he's clearly tried to write that as a joke, but fam, you're not funny you're actually not funny, um, how can you say, um, my greatest treasure, she's my greatest treasure right next to my, whatever, rookie card that you've got, you've got a whole ass son, my G, you have a, a son with your other, like, men can literally just jump up and leave entire families and pretend like they never happened, Williams, and pretend like it never happened, and just go and start up a new thing, and, and that's that, I think it's absolutely disgusting, it's absolutely disgusting, especially that child, through no fault of their own, or anyone's really, has got health issues, and you're just like, well, I've got this new healthy daughter, so that's what I'm going to recognise, and I think that sometimes, when children are born with health issues, it's, it takes a hit on men's egos, because they believe that, well, look at me, man, I'm so strong, and I'm this, and I create a perfect legacy, and perfect offspring, and so when it doesn't quite work, out that way they look for somebody to blame and then they'll blame the mother and then be like well deuces I'm out because this child isn't as I expected the child to be and then now he's like oh I've got this whole new life with my lovely healthy daughter and my um and my new partner who likes to chew like she's a fucking beaver chewing through wood um but you met in hell I was gonna say you met in church but you're going to hell but actually it's one and the same to be honest as far as I'm concerned um but yeah, I just think that's absolutely disgusting. And then he, then um, obviously he got a lot of backlash for it because of the very that it was such an insensitive post. It was so horrible. So it's such a such a horrible post. Um. So he then said that he uh, obviously was aware of the backlash. He then said um, he was made aware of the backlash against the social media post he shared about his wife Catherine Schwarzenegger this week. Oh, she's a Schwarzenegger. Okay. Um, at least that appears to be the case based on the message he shared on Friday. He said, I went to bed last night, really kind of upset and depressed. Um, I, and I woke up feeling crappy and I didn't want to work out. Oh, boo hoo hoo, boo hoo fucking hoo. Um, I knew that if I put on my Christian music playlist, I got out of the wood, got out of the woods and ran that I'd feel better, but I just didn't want to. And I did it anyways. And gosh, I was right. It felt amazing. I got out of the woods got my blood pumping, that moment, it really captured me, and so I just want to say all glory to God, and honestly, this is why, what I hate about white Christianity, I hate white Christianity because it's so oppressive, and it's so myopic, it's like, it's got tunnel vision, like, it will just be like, oh, well, all of this stuff is happening, I'm not going to take ownership of it, I'm just going to pretend that God is good all of the time, and I've got no business being accountable for my actions, because that's not, like, you went to bed kind of depressed over something that you said, you were kind of upset over what you said, how you dismissed your whole entire son and, and, and ex-wife, are you all right? 
oh, but you went for a run and God is with you. God is not with you, baby. It's the God I know and the God you know, they're not the same being. They are not the same being. You are a nasty individual. My God. Um, yeah, he said, what is this? Um, Pratt took heat for having praised his wife for giving him a gorgeous, healthy daughter, Lila, who turned one in August. And um, critics pointed out that Pratt's nine-year-old son, Jack, who shares who, who he shares with his ex-wife, Anna Faris, has faced numerous health problems in his short life. And it quickly sent Anna Faris um, trending on Twitter. Jack was born premature and suffered from severe brain bleeding, which required him to spend weeks in the hospital before coming home. He had a few hernia surgeries. He's had a few eye surgeries and he's had a little heart issue as well. Faris explained in a January 2018 episode of her podcast, Unqualified. She's previously said that Jack had minor vision issues and problems with his leg muscles. Um, Pratt and Faris split in August 2017, and he married Schwarzenegger almost two years later. Their daughter was born August 2020. Um, yeah, I just think that that's nasty. I just think that it's nasty that Anna was left alone to kind of deal with that. Like, I hope you're doing well, Anna. But um, yeah, I just think that Chris Pratt is an actual Pratt. Chris Pomplex, yeah. Chris Pussy Clark, uh, Chris Pussy Pratt. Yeah, that's his name because I I just think that so that's so horrible. It's so horrible. Um, but again, doesn't care because he went out running in the woods instead of for a, a bear should have eaten you. A bear should have eaten you. You fool. Anyway, um, next up on, so you mad? Um, I saw something else that was really um interesting about the new cross fires. I would yeah, because as always, are we surprised that they try to cover up the thing? No, not really. Never, never really surprised. Um. It says here, survivor of horrific fire which killed 13 people wants new investigation done after murderer confesses. Magdalene Edwards was 16 and pregnant when she survived the notorious blaze in New Cross, South London, by jumping from a second story window, but her stepsister died. Um, Magdalene Edwards um, has said that she, um, that in addition to the tragic death toll of 27 people, um, in addition to the tragic death toll of 13, the 27 people were injured after a fire ripped through a three-story building during a joint 16th birthday party in the early hours of January 18th, 1981. No one has ever been charged with starting the fire, which has been widely speculated as a racist attack. The 57-year-old survivor has spoken out after evidence emerged over the weekend that claims Michael Smythemon had gate-crashed a party with an accomplice who started the fire after they were refused entry. Um, I've always believed that it was a racist attack because eyewitnesses said they saw someone throwing a missile. Um, the Met needs to reinvestigate the case. Smythemon was 14 at the time and, was, and is claimed to have made the confessions between 1991 and 1993 during police interviews. Wheel up the blood clot, wheel up the blood clot. We are in 2021. We are in the year of our Lord 2021. Our Lord is not called 2021, but we are in the year 2021. You get what I mean, right? He made these confessions between 1991 and 1993. You man said nothing. Said nothing. Around that time as well, we had what happened to Stephen Lawrence as well. You know, so the institutional racism of the Met Police does not go unnoticed, my G's. We do, it does not go unnoticed. So why have we not heard anything between now 
between then and now why why it goes on to say here home office briefing documents seen by um this pussy clark website says it's suspected that smythemon was the other person with the name removed for with the the other person's name removed for legal reasons when the fire started and it is our belief he will admit his full complicity in the matter he the arsonist describes the motive for the fire as a stupid prank purely to scare the party goers because they had refused them entry to the party despite the eight-page briefing there have been no charges smitherman had been jailed for killing his pregnant girlfriend 22 year old april sheridan and the contract killing of terence gale also smitherman just goes about killing he told police that he watched the fire from a playground and saw people jumping out of the windows when i tell you people are demonic like this is horrible Magdalene was one of those people who were forced to jump for her life while her stepsister Rosalind Henry tragically died. Uh, the youngest victim was Andrew Gooding, who was 14, while Yvonne Ruddock, who hosted the party, and her brother Paul, 22, also died. The disaster claimed a 14th victim two years later when 20-year-old um, Anthony Burbeck, um, Burbeck took his own life in 1983 because of what an inquest judge called trauma brought on by the fire. Initially, the police said that they thought the party may have been firebombed. The racist far-right National Front was popular in parts of London, in that in those parts of London at the time. Magdalene said, all we want is the truth. Um, there was a line of query that said the fire started in the house. That's the easy line to go to because um, from the police because they love to blame our people. Met Police said they investigated it properly, but there were no arrests, no convictions, so no closure and justice for the victims families and survivors if it was 13 white children who had died would it have been investigated the same way of course we know that it wouldn't anyway smitherman who is now 56 reportedly uh, reportedly recanted on his confession during a parole hearing saying he was not present at the time of the fire fury over the police investigation when partygoers began to be treated as arson suspects led to a 20,000 strong protest through london and it's also thought to be one of the catalysts for the Brixton uprising in April 1981. Um, Magdalene said, we were the ones who were interrogated. We need to find out who did. Um, I can't see any reason why a man who would put up his hand to 13 murders. Um, I think it's important to give us closure by reinvestigating the case. Um, and I, I definitely think so. Um, a Met spokesman, basically a liar, said... We thoroughly investigated the circumstances of the fire in 1981. Over the years, a number of reviews and follow-up inquiries have been conducted. We will carefully consider any new um, any new information. What do you mean new information? You had information that the guy did it, but then when his parole hearing came about because he wanted to get out, he's like, oh no, I don't actually remember doing that because then he's gonna be he's gonna have to be convicted for that or sentenced for that um sentenced for that as well. And he's trying to get out. You should not smell outside. You should not smell outside. You should stay where you are. I don't want you to see you. I don't even want to see you near a blade of grass. I don't. I don't. As much as I'm all for re like getting rid of the prison system or whatever, there are certain ones of you that know your people started this, so you should you should enjoy it there. Enjoy where you are. Full. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just disgusted. I'm just disgusted that they had this information and they're talking about oh we investigated it thoroughly. If you investigated it thoroughly, then what did you do when he gave that confession all those years ago? I'm disgusted. Honestly, disgusted. Um and then also I'm disgusted at um Travis Scott 
for what happened at Astro World, which is like a, it was a big, like a music festival that he was um, one of the main people for, one of the main organizers for. He saw that numerous people were dying, were being trampled on, ambulance was arriving and he can, can continue performing only to, the, only to then come online and now do a performance on his Instagram live talking about, oh, guys, kept rubbing his dry face constantly. Of course, your face will be dry when all you're hanging around is white with white girls that want to pretend to be black. Um, rubbing his face, rubbing his face, talking about, oh my God, guys, I'm going to work with the, with the, uh, with the police and to, with the, to find out what, with the authorities and find out what happened. And oh my God, you knew what happened. Cause when you saw the ambulance arrived and you continue to perform instead of locking off the thing because people were dying. And then the paramedics that were even there were whatless. They're carrying somebody on a stretcher and drop her on her head. What a, nah, nah, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a whole ass mess. Absolutely disgusting. Um, so Travis is a mess for that. Just yucky, yucky. Um, and then my last, so you mad. Um, yeah, yeah. My last, so you mad was, whoo, I just, I just see things, you know, I just be seeing things and it's like, I'm forever talking about the police and I really want to keep their name out of my mouth or, but they just keep coming up and I keep laughing every single time. So I read this story about um, a police officer who feigned injury while taking 10,000 steps a day. Um, he's now being jailed. His name, Matthew Littlefair, uh, claimed full pay and other benefits, but, but was seen playing football, running and cycling. A former police officer who claimed he was in too much pain to work has been jailed for fraud after a covert surveillance team caught him playing sports and an app on his phone showed he was taking 10,000 steps a day. What a healthy liar. Uh, for more than two years, PC Matthew Littlefair claimed full pay and other benefits while pretending his back was so badly hurt in a minor crash that he could not even lift the kettle. The surveillance operation was launched by his force after colleagues became suspicious and he was seen out playing football with his children, walking his dog, running and riding bikes. When investigators examined his phone, they found he had repeatedly been recorded taking 10,000 steps a day. Jailing 36-year-old Littlefair for two years and three months, Judge Robert um, Pawson said the case had come during one of the worst years in recent policing history. Yeah, because all of your clerks are getting got. You're getting flogged, boss, 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 boss. And it's the minimum you deserve. It's the absolute minimum that you deserve for all the fuckery that's been happening throughout all of the years. And you know what, Matthew, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, hashtag rob this England. It is, it is what it is, you know. Matthew was just like, you know, I don't want to work. I don't dream of labor, you know. And, um you know, took his money and was doing what he was doing. He was getting paid and he was playing football and taking his 10,000 steps a day like that. Look at that. He didn't just take the money and just hang around and do nothing. He was still taking 10,000 steps a day. He still cared about being healthy. He still cared about his heart. So, you know, small mercies in that. But at the same time, I'm just like, this sets a dangerous president. Go with me here. Follow me here. I'm about to land. If I tell you that I'm ill and I can barely lift a kettle, why the fuck are you following me, fam? Why are you following me around? Why are you Like, as much as, like, bun all of them, 
in terms of all the madness that's happening with the police force historically and currently, right? But my thing is, if I have said that this crash happened and rare, 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 I can't lift the kettle, I don't want to come in, give me my money though, why are you not forming a task force to come and find me? Meanwhile, when Richard Okoroweye and Blessing and all of these children, these black children are going missing and, and, they, and you're finding them um, dead, you're talking about, oh, there was nothing suspicious there. You don't even want to do simple investigation. You don't want to do any simple investigation to find out what's happened to the black children, especially when you keep finding them by fucking water. You don't want to do any investigation. But the moment one of your, when one of your colleagues is like, uh, uh, oh, I can't come in, uh, oh, broke off my back broke off my back, no, he says that he can't come in, suddenly it's like, oh no, let's form a task force to find out why, so you were just sitting in cars, sitting in bushes, sitting in, sitting in gutters, and sitting on rooftops, trying to see what he was doing, that if that's where you wanted to use your resources, to find out if your colleague was lying, meanwhile, all of you lie in a myriad of ways, why are you focusing on what he's doing, my guy was still taking 10,000 steps a day, he's none of your business, really, you should have been focused on what you should have been focused on, your brethren Wayne cousins that was out there killing Gyal and, and all of these other things that have been happening. You should have been focused on that. This one that said that he broke off his back and then he didn't want to come and he can't lift the kettle. That was the least of your worries. He was playing with his children. He was minding his business, really. I mean, I don't know what else he could have been up to. But for the most part, from what we have, he was out there minding his business, but you've decided, nah, rah, no, we're gonna, tell the truth, were you surveilling him just for that, or is something else, did he do something else, and this is a cover, because if it's not a cover, then I would say you were really, really wasting your own police time, right, but if it is a cover, then what did he really do, because we want to hear the story, because this is long, this is actually wild, and he's been jailed for longer than you're jailing other people that have actually done serious, serious shit, it's just wild to me. It's wild to me because you'll close investigations and say nothing suspicious here when black children are going missing or they're dying and dying. But when it's your colleague saying, I don't want to come in because my back's broke. You're like, oh no, no, no. Let's get a team together. Let's watch him every single day. Watch him while he's playing football. Watch him while he's doing this. Watch him. Are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? Wow. Anyway, that's that for So You Mad. Let me big up the second of this week's show sponsors who are Anna Luisa, and then we'll jump to Start Your Motors. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Anna Luisa for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, I just absolutely love Anna Luisa jewellery. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Um, it's just super cute. I've talked about them before. Um, I've talked about them before on the podcast, like, you might have seen me wearing some really cute, really cute, like, small hoop earrings recently that have, like, some little, like, crystal-looking, um, little rolly bits in the bit, uh, in the middle, and that's from Anna Luisa, like, the prices are really cool, um, a lot of the jewellery starts from, like, $39, and they're having, um, one of their biggest sales at the moment as well, so, um, you can get 20% off if you go to, um, Anna Luisa, well, shop.analuisa.com forward slash straws. That's shop.analuisa.com forward slash straws. And, um, check out the jewelry. I really, like, I'm constantly back on the site, just looking at little cute pieces that I can get. I've got this heart shaped, um, necklace as well that they actually named Lev. So I was like, yep, gonna have that. Maybe they pronounce it Liu, but as far as I was, when I saw that, I was like, yep, I'm getting that. That's gorgeous. Um, 
so got a few earrings, got um, got earrings, got some necklaces from there. They feel really, really nice, really great quality, just super beautiful and like, yeah, just sustainable, lovely people as well. I like when brands are just lovely people and they make really nice things. So yeah, go and check out shop.analuisa.com forward slash straws. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com forward slash straws. And I'll put a link that you can click on to go and um, get yourself some cute bits. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, let's get on to start your motors. So yeah, we're now back to, you know, start your motors because we had the Mexican Grand Prix yesterday. And I don't know, guys, I don't know. I just don't feel as excited. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. But I got to say it. I got to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. But Max Crash Tappen, aka Energy Drink Boy, Energy energy Drink Demon, um might just win this championship you know red bull have an incredibly strong car at this point jesus of nazareth and of peknam i need you to just give us a young did not finish just something to take this boy just out temporarily because this is painful to watch but you know this is the cycle of formula one you know, sometimes, you know, you have a stint where a particular um, team, a particular car, they're dominating the thing for years and years and years. It was the same with Ferrari. You dominate for years and years and years. And then the FIA changed the regulations. They changed the rules. New things come in, hybrid cars come in, all of these things come in. Um, and then, um, you know, the crown changes heads, as it were. And maybe that's what we're seeing here with Red Bull. Um, they've got a really good car this year and it's working in their favour. But what pisses me off is that people will be like, oh, Lewis Hamilton isn't a good driver. He just had a good car. He was gifted all of these championships. He just had a good car all of this time. But fam, if they put you in the same car, you wouldn't be able to do the same thing. So what now? What now, you dickheads? Um, so they're like, oh yeah, he was gifted these championships because he had a good car. But now that Verstappen has a good car, it's all like, nah, Verstappen's a world champion. He's a great driver. He's a rare, rare, rare. He's a rare, rare, rare. So now Verstappen's the great driver. It's not the car that's helping him. But when it's Hamilton, it's the car that's helping him and he's not a great driver. Your racism is screaming. Your racism is screaming right now. Hear it. Hear it because I can. Um... But the Mexican GP, we had um, a great result from um, qualifying on Saturday with um, was Valtteri Bottas getting um, pole position and um, Hamilton getting um, P2. So he was second on the grid and Max Verstappen got third on the grid and um, Sergio Perez, I think, got fourth on the grid. So it was a really, really strong place for Mercedes to be in. And then we get to race day now lights out boom the cars start speeding off why is it that Bottas who has pole position sometime somehow ends up right at the back he gets spun he um he has some kind of like mini collision with um Daniel Ricciardo who drives for McLaren they have like a mini like collision Sergio Perez felt like he had something to do with it because he said something on the radio like it was my fault what happened to Bottas or whatever but it's just interesting where Bottas wanted to go and place himself. You've got pole position. You know that your teammate's by your side. You know that you need to get yourself 
um, good points for this constructors championship because you're doing this for your team as in Mercedes as well as you're doing it for yourself as individuals this dickhead decides to somehow drive his way and block off Hamilton which then means that he creates a line for um uh, for, for Verstappen to have so Verstappen just speeds ahead and from that point, he dominates the race. Verstappen is just at the front the whole time. He dominates the race. Um, there was one point uh, where um, Perez was momentarily leading the race for one lap, which is the most that any Mexican driver has ever done in their home um at their home race and I'm just overall very very proud of Sergio Perez because he drove a really really strong race like he's also got a powerful as powerful a car as um Verstappen but due to Hamilton's talent due to Hamilton's experience he was able to hold him off but honestly when we were around like you know the the 60 something lap because this was a 71 lap race. I think they said that the circuit is 2.3, is it 2.3 miles, the circuit? I think that's what they said. I could be wrong. Or is it 2.3 kilometers? I need to check. But, um, no, it must be 2.3 miles. But it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it was a 70, 71 lap race. And when we got to the kind of like the 60 something lap, um, yeah, it was stressful because Sergio Perez was coming for Hamilton, coming for Hamilton. And that would have been a P1, P2 for Red Bull and um, with Hamilton taking P3. But luckily, Hamilton managed to hold him off. So it was a Red Bull P1 for um, for Verstappen, P2 for Hamilton for Mercedes and P3 for Sergio Perez for Red Bull. So Red Bull managed to get some really, really good points for that. But honestly, it makes me feel sick. I want to throw up all over myself whenever Red Bull do well. But at the same time, I feel like we kind of need to own the fact that the reality might just be that they win. But at the same time, we've got four races and I don't want to give up. We've got four races left for this season. And I just want to believe that something can be done. And honestly, a young did not finish. Woo! But I don't know if we've got any tracks left that um, Red Bull aren't strong on. I don't actually know. So yeah, that might prove a bit difficult. Um, in how we kind of move forward from here um but you know yeah I, I think like I've gotten to the point where I can sort of accept that this might be the case but we never know and you can never ever count Hamilton out at the moment I think um what is it Verstappen is about 20 points ahead I think he's got like a 20 point lead over Hamilton at the moment um and that's not bad that's not bad if he did a young did not finish Hamilton wins the race gets 25 points he's back on top you know, there's all to play. There's still a lot to play for. There's still a lot to play for. As long as nothing mad happens with Mercedes in the next four races, there's still a lot to play for. But sometimes by this point in the championship, the the champion has already been decided because they've had such a strong race. And so even though Hamilton doesn't have a, a super strong car in comparison to Red Bull for this season, he's still hanging in there, he's still very much hanging in there, but it was a very interesting race that yet again, Bottas decides to be silly, and then he just, it, it just, it's a madness for everyone, but I think he ended up 13th overall, or whatever, um, and that's just ridiculous, so 
basically Bottas also so Max wouldn't get like an extra point so Max Verstappen wouldn't get like an extra point um Bottas was told to come in by the team on for the final lap and they changed his tires so he could get the fastest lap now he's not going to get the point for the fastest lap because he's out of the top 10 because he's 13th right so he's not going to actually get the point for the final and for the fastest lap but it means that Valtteri um, but it means that Max Verstappen can't get the point for the fastest lap either so that means that he doesn't have an, an extra point which means that yeah Max Verstappen therefore doesn't have an extra point which then extends the the gap between him and Hamilton between him and Hamilton making it harder for Hamilton to kind of like close that gap so yeah it was just it was just a hell of a lot it was a really really stressful race I can I feel like my bum was clenched um a lot for a lot of it um I wasn't breathing a lot for the for a lot of it. Um, I don't need my blood pressure to be that high. You know, this is exactly why I gave up on Arsenal. I and stopped watching football matches because I can't come and kill myself. Do you get me? Um, but Sunoda, my babe, he got caught up in all the drama with you know that collision, and he got you know his car was he was taken out of the race basically. And I kind of feel for him because he must be stressed about whether he's going to get to stay at AlphaTauri because you know, he's just constantly, like, crashing, but, you know, they see something in him, and I just think he's a baby boy, he seems to have great vibes, um, and yeah, and what, another note that I wrote here is that I hate the way that commentators, the way that they talk about Hamilton, uh, like, how they talk about Lewis Hamilton, it's like, they're waiting for him to fuck up, that they want, they do not want him to win, like, they'll, they, like, if you were listening to them, you wouldn't, like, it's so weird sometimes like watching races back listening to the commentators and thinking about the races that I've been at and what the energy was when I was there and the energy when you listen to the commentators they're proper proper haters like what they're saying is not reality a lot of the time I just think that they're extremely bad vibes but my favorite for the race has to be Gasly Pierre Gasly who was also driving for Alpha Tauri I think he drove a really really strong race he couldn't be caught by any of the Ferrari cars because at first um so behind him was um, Charles Leclerc and um, behind him was Carlos Sainz and the, uh, Ferrari, the Ferrari team, the strategist gave the order that, um, what is it, Leclerc should let Sainz go ahead of him so he can, they can see whether he can catch Gasly. But it's like, if I'm not catching him, what the fuck makes you think that um, Sainz is going to be able to catch him? We're in the same fucking car. Like, yeah, okay, we're different drivers, but again... If I'm not able to close the gap and Sainz isn't able to get past me, why do you think that he's going to be able to... He can't make it past me, his teammate, but somehow he's going to go and catch Gasly, at, um, who's driving for AlphaTauri. Piss off. But Leclerc listened to the orders. He fell back so Sainz could go ahead. And obviously Sainz couldn't ca catch him either. So then they switched places again. But honestly, sometimes the things that you have to do for your team, nah, I would, I'll pretend like I didn't hear the team radio because I'm not getting... I'm not moving to the back for nobody. Um, yeah, but one thing that I think that actually did play out well, I, I would have preferred for Gasly to be the one that's joining Mercedes next year, but of course, um, Spiceless Wonder, um, would never let them ha that happen, aka Christian Horner, he'd never let that happen, um, he's just terrible vibes, he's had the worst vibes ever, my god, but, um, yeah, I would have preferred for Gasly to join Mercedes, but it is what it is. We're going to get Russell. Although Russell did do a little bit of a ting. I think it was um, lap 65 or lap 66. Russell saw the blue flag because the blue flag comes out when you are holding up, um, you're holding up drivers who are faster. Like basically imagine that, 
um hamilton and um all of his people them like the faster drivers who are at the head of the um uh, you know at the head of the race they've now basically lapped you man and now you're blocking their way so they need to get past you so they can carry on their race now the rule is that they, the blue flag only comes out if you're within 1.3 seconds of the car that's holding you up in front. That is to say the car that's holding you up in front should technically be behind you. Do you get what I mean? In terms of the way that the lap is working, you're so fast that you've caught up with the people who are technically behind you and now they're in front of you and they need to move the fuck out of the way so you can carry on your race. So, um, yeah, but you have to be with like 1.13 or is it 1.3? I think it's 1.13 um, seconds um, behind them. So you then the blue flag comes out twice to tell them to move out of the way. So that happened when somebody else was blocking um, Hamilton at one point. They were told to move out of the way. I think it was Norris. I could be wrong. So he was told to move out of the way. But then uh, lap 65 or 66, Russell was in the way this time. And the flag came out and lovely. He moved out of Hamilton's way but mm, was a bit slow moving out of Perez's way, which was a godsend because that slowed Perez down a bit because Perez was really, really gaining on Hamilton and he was really in his DRS zone, and um, which is like, you want to be under a second to be in the DRS zone. So the DRS zone is a, a zone where you're like, boom, I can take over now. Something It gets activated in your car. The functionality gets activated in your car. Boom, you're going to try and take over the man then. But it can only, I think there were only two spots but that could have um that could have happened on this circuit. So luckily, luckily, Russell, who will be Hamilton's teammate next year, he somehow conveniently was a bit slow in getting out of Perez's way, which held up Perez, which created a teeny bit more of a gap between him and Hamilton, which allowed for Hamilton to then, you know, finish second in that race. But honestly, I think if that little holdup hadn't happened, it would have been extra stress for Hamilton. So, you know what, Russell, I'm still not on board with you, but you did what needed to be done, whether you did it intentionally or not. Thank you for that. Um, so obviously, yeah, Verstappen won, but his car entrance, so with um, Mexico, when you win, they bring your whole car up with you onto the podium. But I mean, when Hamilton won in 2019, it slapped because he's got sauce. But this happened came and it was so dead because I actually, you're, you're clapped. You're actually, you're clapped. You're not cute. You're not cute. You and your square jaw, you're not cute. So yeah, it just, it didn't, no, it, like no source whatsoever. And that's the saddest thing about a lot of these things. Like a lot of these drivers, whether Hamilton wins this championship or not, his source is undeniable. Like he's got his, he's got so much of a career happening outside of racing. It really, really doesn't matter. But at the same time, ego things, he needs to win. Like he needs to get his eighth championship. So he's broken every single fucking record to ever exist. Like that is what we're aiming for. But, um, yeah, we know that he's got a whole life outside of that. But yeah, there was just no source. When that when that podium thing happened and Max Verstappen's car came up with him, I was just like, nah, sorry, I don't buy it. It doesn't bang, doesn't slap, doesn't hit. Um, and I was very, very disappointed that they were booing Hamilton the whole time. I just don't know how somebody deals with that level of negativity. It was just not cute. Um, Raikkonen drove a really good race uh, for Alfa Romeo. I've, I, you know, like Raikkonen, um, Sebastian Vettel, like all of these people, like they've had their world championships and stuff and they've just kept Alonso they drove like really good races they just kept it cute but notice that they're all doing what they're doing but none of them are a seven-time world champion which goes to show that yeah get your world championships but you won't be Hamilton ever so it's fine it's all good like do what you need to do um but like I said there's four races to go 
Jesus of Nazareth and South London, please help us. Um, but that's that. That's that for Start Your Motors. And we'll um, have another uh, um, segment next week after the Brazilian Grand Prix. Fingers crossed for that. Anyway, let's move to the final segment, which is Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum. My first straw of the week goes out to Los Angeles County, who are seeking to prove that Vanessa Bryant um, was not um, emotionally or mentally distressed from pictures of her son, I'm sorry, her son, her husband and her daughter being taken at the scene of the helicopter crash um, that killed them. And I just need to say, like, what kind of fucking world do we live in? Like, LA County, I think, like, LA's a fucking joke anyway. Like, LA's a piece of shit anyway. I mean, I'll probably have to go there for work at some point. But I just think it's absolutely disgusting. I think America's absolutely disgusting for the way that it moves sometimes. Well, a lot of times. I'm reading here that Los Angeles County has asked a federal judge to force Kobe Bryant's widow and her therapist to produce all of her therapy records since January 2010, escalating the ongoing legal battle between them after she accused county first responders, that's the paramedics that arrived on the scene or the first responders that, that they could include, include paramedics, police, whatever, firefighters, whoever respond, um, came through, they saw Kobe Bryant's dead body as well as his daughter. They took pictures and were sharing it with their brethren. The same thing I just said about Nicole Smallman and Biba Henry. Something about seeing black bodies dead, like black people dead, seeing their bodies and being like, yeah, I'm going to take a picture and kiki. Like, these people have never gotten out of lynching mentality. They never have. They never have that. The regard for black people's lives is just nowhere to be found. Um, and it's interesting that they want the record since 2010. I'll tell you why. Because these lawyers are very, very sneaky and nasty. Because if they get all of her therapy records, and I don't think that they should ever have access to that as well. But I know that there are some stipulations that the therapist is inclined to um, hand it over. But I don't think this falls under that. Um, it's like if there's like some kind of criminal proceeding or some kind of harm to somebody else and there's no harm in this case. But I don't know how it's going to play out. But I'm sure she's talked in her therapy sessions about some of the things that have, um, Kobe Bryant has been accused of and all the other personal things that might have been happening in their relationships. And they really want to use it as a character assassination. And for that, I hope you all suck your mothers and you choke there, you fucking pricks, you dickheads, you pieces of shit. Um, it says here, in documents filed in federal court late Friday, the county said this request is necessary to defend itself from her lawsuit against the county and to prove a point in its defence. It wants to show that Vanessa Bryant didn't suffer emotional distress from any sharing of photos taken at the site of a helicopter crash last year that killed nine, including the NBA legend. Instead, the county is trying to show that her emotional distress essentially came from the loss of her family members in the crash itself. The move also comes after a US magistrate judge this week denied the county's request to force Vanessa Bryant to undergo a psychiatric exam for the same reason. Um, Mrs. Bryant seeks millions of dollars in damages for severe emotional distress, anxiety and mental anguish allegedly caused by the public dissemination of photographs, which has not happened. The county's outside counsel stated in the filing on Friday, she also seeks damages for defendants legally and uh, for allegedly compounding the trauma of losing her husband and daughter. The plaintiff claims she's depressed and has trouble sleeping. Her damages claims are premised entirely on these mental and emotional injuries. Plaintiff's therapy records go directly to her emotional condition, which she has put squarely at issue in this lawsuit. 
Bryant's uh, attorney fired back, calling the county's motion abusive and harassing. And I agree. I think it's fucking disgusting. Mrs. Bryant should not have to be, um, should not be forced to choose between the privacy of her therapy records and holding county employees um, accountable for their unconstitutional conduct, said the filing submitted by Mary Sagal of the firm Munger, Tolls and Olson. Bryant has sued the county for invasion of privacy, accusing county sheriffs and fire department employees of improperly sharing photos of human remains from the crash site. She's seeking um, compensatory and punitive damages to punish the um, the deputy defendants and make an example of them to the community. The county's position is that there was no public dissemination of the photos beyond isolated incidents at a bar and at a banquet. At a bar and at a a banquet, and you can admit that with your chest and you think it's okay. Like... Whether it was fucking shared at um at a farmer's market, it doesn't make any difference to the fact that that's my family, that God forbid my family, but that's her family's like dead bodies and, and you're, you're then going to now share them with your friends as a point of what? A party trick or a point of conversation, like a water cooler conversation over the, the family's de- like deaths. Nah, for the fact that you admitted that it happened, that's enough to distress somebody. That the fact that these pictures were taken and they were shared, whether it was shared publicly or whatever the fuck, it was shared publicly because it was shared with another member of the public, right? That is enough ground. It doesn't matter if it wasn't shared at a fucking football stadium. You owe Vanessa Bryant money. So just pay up rather than asking for therapy records and the such to be sent. Like all of you are disgusting. You need to go suck your mothers for putting her through all of this. And again, for the people who arrived at that scene and felt like that was the thing to do to take pictures and go and show your friends, may you rot in hell, you pieces of shit. You could go suck your mothers for an eternity. And once that's done, you could take a selfie of that, you fucking dickheads. Um... And my last straw of the week goes out to the uh, man or the developer of the complex that collapsed in Ikoyi. Um, Ikoyi is a, a place in Lagos. Um, it's just really, really sad that the, the regulations that people don't have to follow um, and they put people's lives at risk. And um, yeah, it's it's just disgusting. So, um. It was last or second of November that this was reported on that um, five people died at that point. I was reading it. Five people died, dozens still missing as rescue efforts um, continue. The manager of a Lagos building control agency says that the owner was given approval to build 15 floors, not 21. So the b- developer went and built 21 floors instead of 15. And the material that was used for the construction was described as inferior and terrible. But everyone just cares about making a quick buck, making a quick naira. They don't care about putting people's lives at risk. Um, Then it went up to 14 people dead. And the manager of the Lagos State Building Control Agency has been suspended indefinitely. Um, The independent panel set up to probe the incident is underway. Um, People were rescued and taken away. Um, I'm just, I can't believe that People want to cut corners and they just want to do whatever the fuck that they like. And um, people died as a result of this. And there's a video of him boasting, wearing his white robe and his big tummy, boasting about, oh, you know, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is, you know, it's great. Like, I've got these investors. And he's showing off, meanwhile, knowing that he's used um, grossly like insufficient materials um inferior materials and absolutely doesn't care um 
the governor, uh, Baba Judea Samuelu, he went to go and visit the um, survivors uh, of the of the crash. But even just looking at the pictures of the of the crash of the rubble, it's so sad to see, and it just didn't need to happen. Um, somebody was saying here that actually the initial design was for eight floors, so the foundation was designed only for eight floors, which is why the foundation collapsed. Um, yeah. It's, oh, it's just, it's just mad. It's just mad. Um, there are lots of files apparently miss, missing for that, um, are meant to contain the relevant approvals and the title deeds of the plot. Um, they're, ma they're missing from the Lagos, uh, the Lagos State Land Registry. So it just, I have a feeling that, like, Honestly, if you see the picture of this collapse, yeah, of this building collapse, it looks like uh, mattresses folded on top of each other. That is how bad it is. Um, somebody wrote here, how does a building collapse like a pile of sand? When you cut corners, it's a very costly game. It's a pity innocent people were sacrificed for somebody else's greed. And that's literally it. Like it was such a high, high um, building and it collapsed and it's there looking like mattresses and people lost their lives. Um because the developer wanted to make as much profit as possible and wanted to build more floors than he than he was given permission to build and also to use um materials that are just fucked um and they could just do whatever they like um and the thing is i i'm reading that he was he was already jailed for not following um the regulations last year so you're jailed and then you continue to do what you're doing nah nah it's mad and it's also part of a corrupt government as well that turn a blind eye and let their rich friends do whatever they like. Um, yeah, so many lives lost and it's just sad. So to the guy that built the tower, to the developer that built the tower, you could go suck your mother forever um, because you, you because of your greed, many people have suffered. Um, from what I read that the toll is now 42 deaths and 15 survivors so far. Um, and it's just mad. It's just mad. Yeah, it's just absolutely mad. And there's another building that people are now questioning as well called the Echo, um, the Echo Atlantic, um, Echo Atlantic City. Um, so it's like they were built like as a, as a three type of building vibe. So they have three blocks, one block's fallen, two blocks are still standing, but it would be um, advisable for everybody to move out of that. Those two buildings that are still standing. They'd need to get the fuck out of there immediately because that's not, you know, that looks like that doesn't seem safe. It doesn't seem safe at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild it's wild um i think they said here that this was four days ago that the uh body of the four score homes managing director or is it mco femi or she has been recovered and positively identified he was reportedly on his way to the eighth floor to show wale bob Oseni something and had finished his meeting so i imagine that he was the one one of the ones um uh you know responsible for this fuckery but you know what if you move mad you know if when you do clownery the clown falls on top of your head so but other people shouldn't have had to suffer there um they really should not it's 
it's just wild. It's really, 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 really wild. Um, and my my heart goes out to all the people who lost their lives because of this, um, because of this gross negligence and because of this greed. I pray that you're resting, and I pray that you, um, that justice is sought and justice is received, really, in one way or another. Um, but for the people who were responsible for letting this building go, um, go up, and for this um fuckery to happen, you can suck your mothers for eternity. But anyway, that's that for this week's episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. Um, I've been Kalechi Okafo and um, I've just done great things, really. I just feel like I'll big up myself and say that I've done some really, really great things as of recently. In fact, for since 1986, I've been out here, you know, and I'm just really proud of me. And I'm going to take this moment to follow my own um, advice and try to rest as much as possible. And yeah, thank you for rocking with me. And that's that. So follow me on at Collection of Cough or at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, thank you to Anna Luisa for sponsoring the episode. Thank you to ExpressVPN for sponsoring the episode. My patrons, big up yourselves. More stuff coming for you on Patreon shortly. I've got a bit of time, so I'm going to be adding some slots. I keep saying that I will, but I will. Um, and yeah, that's that. So all of you take care of yourselves, my baby boys, my baby girls, baby non-binaries. Look after yourselves and I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind